We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Raise the tackle, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And I'm joined by my co-host, Stefan Lico and our good buddy, Matt Wispay. Uh, they do the college football show here on Road of His Radio and uh, have a good time uh, talking about all things college football. On this show, we talk about everything college football and NFL. If it's, if it's your first time joining in, uh, we talk about the journey of all the best football players from start to finish, uh, from when they're just a football recruit through college football, NFL draft process, their entire NFL career, all the way to the discussion as to who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we always talk some fantasy football since, you know, this is on Rotovates Radio, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And uh, sorry, I missed uh, my normal rhythm of, of releasing an episode last week. Actually, I uh, just had the pleasure of uh, having shoulder surgery. I had, had a, a torn labrum uh, because I'm an old man that thinks he can still play flag football and uh, play it, uh, you know, I, I say high speeds, but, you know, semi-high speeds. But anyway, enough to injure myself, but I'm, I'm back at it. Glad to be with Stefan and Matt. But uh, we're going to be talking about the 2022 NFL Draft, taking a look ahead and doing our official 2022 Rookie Mock Draft 1.0, 24 names, two rounds of 12 picks uh, with me, Stefan, and Matt making the picks. But before we dive in, welcome back to the show, guys. It's been a while since we've had one uh, where all three of us are on here. Yeah, it's been a minute. Matt's been too uh, too busy for us, I think. He's uh, he's living that, <laughs> living that high life, busy... Uh, Running around the world, doing all the fun things. Thanks Is he for coming though? back, Matt. Is he though? I'm not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think what they're 
trying to hint at is I go to bed at like 7.15 because I have a six-month-old. <laughs> you went, went, to went, I went to bed at 7.15 before Hey, hey, hey. It was like 7.16 before the kid. Now he's pushed me one minute earlier. Okay. No, I'm, I'm never awake at this time, so if I seem a little tired and not as long-winded as normal, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, we, we, we just got to have some really odd times. Uh, well, I say odd, normal for uh, other humans to record podcasts, but uh, not not uh, Matt Wispay. So, but glad to have you guys on the show. Uh, talk some college football prospects uh, just today that are really rising up the NFL draft boards. Uh, just take a look at, at the future. We always talk about the future on this, on this podcast, but really when it comes down to making selections in your fantasy football leagues, uh, you know, putting some names to some pick slots here in the future for, for dynasty leagues and and really just looking ahead, especially if you're you're even in redraft league fantasy football, if your team's already, you know, struggling 0-3, 1-1-3, you know, here soon. Just uh, take a look ahead for fantasy football and real draft purposes. Going to draft 24 rookies. And uh, for this exercise, we're going to assume that the league that we're drafting for for fantasy, fantasy football is a two-quarterback or super flex uh, format. Uh, so you can start more than one quarterback. So you might hear a few quarterbacks selected earlier than in your one quarterback leagues. A little bit more of an emphasis there. I'm not going to make a tight end premium because, uh, uh, frankly, there's not a bunch of there's not a Kyle Pitts next year that we're going to really spend a whole lot of time talking about tonight on the show anyway. But uh, let's just jump right in. And uh, I, I think I gave myself the first pick because I, I am coming off of surgery and I, I need all the, the help I can get in this draft. Uh, drafting alongside two uh, draft geniuses here with Matt Wispay and Stefan Lico as well. But uh, That's right. just, <laughs> just going to kick it right off and jump in with the first overall pick in the 2022 Rookie Mock Draft 1.0 of the College to Canton podcast. And I'm going to select a guy who... Didn't exactly light up the stat sheet this past weekend against Alabama, but he's been absolutely killing it against just about everybody else this season. And that is Matt Corral of Ole Miss, the quarterback there. He's been uh, just basically answering any remaining question that we had about his skill set this year. Last year, uh, Matt Corral was on pace to be one of the many first round quarterbacks selected in the 2021 NFL draft. But then, of course, he had a couple just fall apart games where he threw way too many interceptions and uh, that that really killed his draft stock especially when you compared his resume to some of the crazy efficient passers from this uh, rookie NFL class but he's been absolutely killing it this year already up to 10 passing touchdowns and zero interceptions uh, accounting for over 15 percent of the rushing yards for Ole Miss as well uh, he already had a, a passing resume that was incredible even with those two bad games last year, almost had a 90th percentile passing efficiency mark last year and uh, was an, an incredible dual threat, uh, doing great things again. And even in a loss, went went 20 of 29 for 213 and a, and a touchdown against Alabama. So uh, Matt Corral as my quarterback one, that's maybe just a few weeks ago would have been fairly, uh, uh, you know, hot takey. But at this point, it's not right. I mean, Absolutely. I wasn't. I wasn't sure where you'd go, but when I saw it, I mean, it makes sense. He's the type of quarterback that that I know you like, where where he has that mobility, um, and he has a really high ceiling. Which I mean, that's what you're going to want right now, especially when some of these other quarterbacks we're looking at haven't really been as amazing as we hoped. Ben Spence, uh, bench Spencer Rattler, um, <laughs> benchman. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I can't talk. It's late. Um, no, he's. Uh, I think the first person I saw him call him the 
QB one was, uh, I just have to give credit to him. Adam Lewis on Twitter. Uh, he's been saying it literally all summer. Uh, Matt Corral looks like, looks very legit. He's the one guy that came into the season with any type of real expectations and honestly appears to be exceeding him with the exception of a couple other lower tier players. But yeah, I mean, I would say he, he was not one of the guys that was on the early mock draft list of being the number one one or the NFL one one next year. But I, I mean, I think there's a real case that he's going to get the, the burrow type buzz. So, yeah. And, and he really had a way, way better resume than Joe Burrow did uh, in his second to last year. You know, like Joe Burrow had a, a short and bad resume, frankly, uh, until his final crazy season. Uh, Corral already had an incredible resume outside of just basically two games. So getting him here feels like uh, the, the right value at this point. Maybe things change. Maybe he falls apart in a couple weeks and we're having another conversation about what, which which version is the real Matt Corral. But for now, he's the pick. Going to give the second slot to you, Matt Wispay. So what what's going to be your pick at pick two in the 2022 rookie mock draft so i'm gonna shock a lot of people if you know me i'm picking garrett wilson shut up um <laughs> garrett wilson he's, uh, super hype garrett wilson wide receiver ohio state i've said a lot of things about the 2022 class all offseason i don't think that it's the super there's a ton of super high upside within this draft however i do think that there's a lot of really good wide receivers and for me the top wide receiver on that board based on pedigree, based on usage within a an offense that is loaded at the position and still earning pretty decent usage rates. I'm going to take a guy that is seen as the most talented wide receiver of the bunch. And for me, that's Garrett Wilson. I think he's going to be a top 15 pick in next year's draft. And I think he will be really in consideration for the first non-QB in Superflex rookie drafts. And in one QB drafts i think you can make a strong case for him as the number one overall pick that's pretty strong that's pretty strong but i think a lot of people are right there with you dating back to what high school he was he was a five-star guy and has has really dominated uh since he has gotten here Uh, even coming into this year he had a top three overall uh, returning uh, production profile among all true juniors like right next to like Traylon burks and a couple other guys so yeah, yeah, love that man, Stefan. You on board with that pick two, or is that a little bit uh, a little bit earlier than you would have taken him? I mean, it's earlier than I would have taken right. him, <laughs> but I get it. Like, I think it's a it's a safe pick. Garrett Wilson should be um, should be really really good in the NFL. He's been good, like you said, every step of the way. Uh, he's not my wide receiver one anymore, um, but uh, but I can understand why why Matt likes him, especially as a Buckeye. Uh, so yeah, I see it. Oh, absolutely. Well, hey, Stefan, your pick is up at uh, three here. Matt Corral, quarterback, Old Miss. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Who are you going to take with your first selection? Yeah, so this is something that I definitely wouldn't have been doing um, over the summer. This is someone that I kind of poo-pooed quite a bit. Uh, this might shock all my rabid fans. Um, <laughs> I'm going I'm going Sam Howell, University of North Carolina. Um Matt is laughing over there because I've shocked him. Um, he's been really, I, I just, to Matt's point, like none of the quarterbacks have really elevated what they were doing. Sam Howell to me um, at least shows that he's able to do a lot of the things. He can make a lot of the throws that we need to see in the NFL. Um, to me, Spencer Rattler has really fallen um, significantly. 
and there's just not a ton of other quarterbacks that I, I like quite as much. So um, he's he's got that rushing ability. He's already got three rushing touchdowns on the season um, with almost 300 yards. Uh, so so I like that quite a bit. And his um, adjusted yards per attempt, it's not quite as high as last year, but of course we know that he is you know missing a lot of those great wide receivers that he had. Uh, but it's still north of 10. So um, I'm I'm really excited about him. Uh, the four picks are a little bit concerning. Uh, but I, I think he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be really good for superflex formats. Uh, definitely a plug and play type guy. Um, probably after his rookie year when he's, you know, struggling like all these rookies are that we're seeing in the NFL this year. But uh, Sam Howell with the number three pick is where I'm going. I was pay. What do you have to say with that? Because you were you were laughing with this pick, so it, you got to defend that. Literally the entire offseason, um, my podcast co-host told me that oh my gosh anyone taking sam Howell over spencer rattler is a crazy person oh my gosh i can't believe you would ever just to look at now he's better at everything than spencer rattler statistically and oh it's I you gotta it. be willing to evolve i mean take lock is a real problem and 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 i think more so than like me thinking sam howell has taken a step forward it's a Everyone else is kind of taking a step back. And no, this class sucks. Uh, I don't mean that. <laughs> this quarterback class had a lot of people trying to make excuses for the top end guys, like Spencer Rattler. All off season, he was going what top three in most drafts. Yeah. Um, the justification was, well, it's okay because he makes all these wow plays. We'll just ignore the fact that he got benched part part of the way through the year because he just kept turning the ball over. And then he came out at the beginning of this year, and guess what? He's still doing a whole bunch of turnover-worthy plays. It's he Daniel Jones 2.0. I I think he well I think he was he was a number one quarterback in a class that did not have an elite prospect quarterback in it. And Sam Howell was a little bit more of a physical tools ready guy that actually showed up. And ha- honestly, I think looks like he's better developed. I I 100% agree with your pick. I think Sam Howell to me is the most pro ready of all of the quarterbacks in this class. He is while I corral is my one is my QB one because I think his upside is the greatest. I think Sam Howell to me looks like the one that I am most confident will end up as somebody's quarterback for eight to 10 years. Absolutely. And, and you, you know, you mentioned that the interceptions being kind of a concern has really only been that one game, that Virginia tech game opening of the year in, in a really hostile environment with, completely new weapons they were replacing basically 50 touchdowns from last year's offense and like 5,000 yards as soon as he found any kind of uh you know consistency and any rhythm with his wide receivers he turned it on like he hasn't had less than 306 passing yards in a game since that first week and he's got uh, what 13 touchdowns to one interception in that same span he's had over 250 rushing yards as well so he's averaging over 60 rushing yards per game and over 300 passing yards per game and like what over four uh, you know like about four passing touchdowns per game as well uh you know so he's he's really upticked he's he's turned this season around after that one bad game to open the year and he's going to round out his profile with with one of the best production profiles of any quarterback in the last five to 10 years. So I, I definitely like Sam Howell uh, going early. He is definitely my um, among my top three uh, picks in this class. And I'm up again here, though, at pick four, just moving along here to, to recap. We got Matt Corral, Garrett Wilson, and Sam Howell. Now I'm going to go with Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. 
And, uh, you know, I had concerns just with, with him coming into the year because of the competition level that he was facing last year. And, that's, and last year when he uh, played a couple teams who were decent defenses, he did struggle. Uh, and that, I think that's still a question. However, what he has cleaned up is is uh, the mistakes. He has cleaned up um, any, any of the inefficiencies in his passing game, and he's kept the, the ridiculous arm plays that he does every single every single game and he's got that elite dual threat to him that is just unmatched really uh, with anybody else in this class accounting for well over 20 percent of the rushing yards for liberty this year and uh, proving to be an incredibly efficient passer he's gonna finish with just about every single box checked and is probably going to be a top 10 pick next year at this point uh, but do you guys have any doubts uh, with with malik willis yeah <laughs> i mean i see the upside but it's hard when you don't really like have tough competition. I know that it doesn't make a difference for the NFL for, for drafting a lot of times. I mean, we just saw Trey Lance go super early, like number three overall. So I think that the draft capital could be there. Uh, I'm just afraid of what it could look like um, on the field. I mean, we saw Trey Lance against uh, Seattle this weekend. Uh, it was pretty much, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm going to go ahead and just run it again. You know, like you just, you can tell the athleticism is there and maybe he, he, Maybe Malik can like grow into like this. But I don't know. Liberty. It's just the level of competition scares me. I don't yeah. like quarterbacks who Bo Nix took their lunch money. Um, <laughs> okay, back up though. That uh, that's just like not <laughs> even money. not even remotely <laughs> no, that's a joke. half. That's true. a joke. It was yeah. a five star quarterback came in. Of course, he was going to get the job. Yeah, it's really it's fair. I'm not actually saying that. It's just a really funny thing to say that we're going to take Bo Nix's <laughs> third string quarterback. Hey, I'm you know, if saying. if you take the right version of Bo Nix. You get one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, for like three plays per game, he's the greatest quarterback yeah. you've ever seen. Yes, but uh, yeah, Malik Willis. Malik Willis is good. He was. He he did get a start at Auburn. Uh, transferred out because uh, Auburn just makes terrible decisions with uh, well with everything, and uh, decided to go with Bo Nix instead of a you know game changing uh, dual threat with a crazy crazy good arm in Malik Willis, and so he's uh, showed off and showed out. Uh, he had a couple of bad games last year, but he's had zero of those games this year. He's already up to 17 total touchdowns and uh, almost leading the entire country in yards per play and most every efficiency metric off, off the board. I think he's what, up to over 12 adjusted yards per, per pass attempt right now. So uh, I think he's just going to coast because he's not really going to – we might have con, uh, competition concerns, but <laughs> I think for that very reason he's just going to completely smash – like we all thought he would. Like he was the number one overall college fantasy football pick coming into the year because we just knew he was going to coast. He was going to dominate all year long. And uh, I think he's going to get the capital. So pick four, Malik Willis. That's three quarterbacks off the board. Only one wide receiver. Matt Wispay, where are you going now? Kenny Pickett. Um, that's not serious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, was gonna kick, I was just going to kick you Pickett out the show. Kenny Pickett has actually been a beast so far this year, but that is a joke. He is also 114 years old. Uh, I'm going to go with Breeze Hall. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's going to be a superstar in the NFL, but I think he's going to be the second, first or second running back drafted. And you know what that means? That means getting some volume in the NFL. And while I don't really love it, I think he is a poor man's version of David Montgomery who needs a ton of volume. He is a poor man's Devin Singletary. Oh, my goodness. As you select him. As you select him fifth overall in this draft. It's volume. 
because running back volume is a is a commodity and that sucks and i don't love it but volume is volume is volume so we're talking about a guy like out of all running backs last year as a true sophomore he like he he the only guy to outproduce him in the entire country in yards from scrimmage or touchdowns or anything was Najee Harris. And you're like, nah, this this guy's trash. He's a poor man's Devin Singletary. Well, like, he, this is just not right true. Now? What it's is he not doing true. Right he's not very good this year. Well, I don't know what game you're watching, man. Like that, like he had one kind of a slow start against uh, a really bad opponent to open the year, but he's still getting fed. He's still doing good things. He's still actually producing. Volume is volume. Is volume. Yeah. And he's good with it. Right. I think Iowa State's offensive line has been a problem. I think the lack of passing game has been a problem. Teams have been able to key in on Brees Hall, and that's all they have to stop. That's their entire offense. So with that being said, I think I think Brees – yeah, we see other people, other running backs can um, excel in those areas, but Brees Hall I don't think has been, you know, like dumpster fire trash. Like no. he's averaging over – he's like at right around five and a half yards per carry. He's already got eight touchdowns. He's got 16 receptions in five games. I, I, I'm not as high on Brees as I was, but he was my number over number one overall player this time. Like quick question this summer. Quick yeah, question. What, what were the excuses made for David Montgomery when he was coming out after he was hyper productive? Oh, it was that his offensive line was trash and that he had to do it all himself. And yeah, and honestly, on him. he wasn't actually that athletic. And, he, and Brees Hall probably. I, I mean, Brees Hall is clearly more athletic I mean, than he is. I'm just saying. I I have. I have heard the excuses from Iowa State running backs, and this is not for me. I'm not trying to say player for player. This is it. I am seeing another guy that is on an offense that is attempting to feed him the ball constantly. That is trying to make him the centerpiece of an offense. He's doing fine, but because of the fact that this running back class is a little bit lighter, he is going to get volume in the NFL, and he'll probably be one or running back one or two in the NFL draft. I'm taking him because I'm betting on draft capital. Yeah. I don't believe in I don't believe in the long-term talent and I think I'm taking a 3 to 4 year investment on volume. But that's, that's I mean that's most running backs. That's, I also yeah, think it's seriously. funny that you picked him. <laughs> yeah. You're trashing him. I spent the I'm very I'm very true to myself. I if I've spent the last few months saying that I don't believe in this guy, I'm going to tell you it, but I'm also going to be honest in saying this is about where I think he'll get drafted next. Yeah. It'll be a second round pick at worst at this point. And that's, and that's yeah. going to, and that's why you're taking him. I, yeah. And so, yeah, I don't think we're really arguing. I think it's just like, you're just really down on Brees, even as the running back one in the class. And I, I just, I think it's a bad running back class. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree there. Okay, we're on the same year, page. People look for the, the yeah. next Saquon Barkley. The next, oh, there's not like, any, super there's not freak. one. There's, there's not, there is zero. There, there is not a one in this class. Yep. Sorry. We're not going to lie to you. There's no, there's no. <laughs> <laughs> there's no Saquon. There's no Zeke. There's no, yeah. But anyway, pick six, Stefan. I'm going to go with my, this is going to be controversial, but my, my number one wide receiver in the class, the only thing I'm a little bit nervous about is his speed, but I do think it'll check out just fine. I'm going with the one, the only Drake London wide receiver USC. The dude is absolutely crushing it. Um, he is first in the nation in contested catches, tied for first in broken tackles. He's second um, with explosive receptions of 15-plus yards. Uh, he is just getting targeted all the time, 35% target share. Uh, those numbers are for uh, Power 5 schools, not not, not those uh, group of five. Uh, not those fake schools that no one cares right. about. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the fake schools. Um, he's, already got, he's already got 670 yards, averaging about 14 yards a catch. He is killing it. If you guys watched the game, I know you guys saw it. We were texting about it. But that one-handed grab in the end zone, I mean, right now he's uncoverable. Uh, to me, it's Mike Evans 
again. You know, like it's it's going to be that type of thing. Uh, and, and he's doing this with Kadon Slovis at quarterback, who has really been struggling. Um, I mean, obviously that Jackson Dart game was fun, but man, Drake London looks so good. Um, I've been pretty high on him all summer, but he's just been shooting up my boards. Uh, I, I mean, we were talking about him like two weeks ago, Travis, and you asked me where I thought he's going to get drafted. And I said, I think the first half of the first round. And I, and I still believe that. Um, and I think he is about as close to quarterback proof as it comes because of his catch radius. Uh, some of these guys might get drafted ahead of him, but if he ends up with a great quarterback, he's going to be amazing. If he ends up with a quarterback, he's going to be amazing. Drake London's going to be uh, <laughs> real good. Yeah, Drake London has been rising like crazy, and he is. I mean, he's he's basically the most dominant uh, wide receiver in all of college football right now. Yeah, like he's, he's getting like, like a, a dozen targets a game. Here. Like it's insane. Like that. Like everybody, everybody knows. Hey, it's going to this guy, and they just can't do anything about it. Yeah, I love him. I love him. Yeah. Well, so I, I actually was thinking about going that direction here at this pick, but I, I guess, let's see, how many picks is that? We're through six picks now, right? Through the first half of the first round. Cool. So yeah. making some good progress. We've got three quarterbacks off the board. we got one begrudging lead taken running back <laughs> and uh, two wide receivers. And uh, I'm actually going to go back to uh, quarterback four. And I'm going to say that it is going to be Still, despite uh, what uh, we might say here in a moment, uh, Spencer Rattler is going to be the pick here uh, for Oklahoma uh, because I do st- I do still believe he's going to get capital. There's going to be probably four quarterbacks that get the capital that we like to see. And uh, as much as we talk down to Spencer Rattler, like Oklahoma is still five and zero at this point and uh, finding ways to win games. And yes, he he didn't have a great start against Tulane. And uh, he made a few knuckleheaded throws against uh, even just just this past weekend and just uh, a couple that I remember. But they were basically his only incompletions <laughs> against uh, Kansas State. Uh, dude went 22 of 25 uh, for a couple of touchdowns. And so I, I think we like to pick apart guys that are underneath underneath the microscope. Uh, but I mean, frankly, Spencer Rattler coming in, coming into this year, even in, in his very first year of starting, uh, he had like an 80th, 88th percentile passing efficiency profile. And plenty of mobility to succeed in today's NFL. And uh, he does, I mean, just to quote the, what, what everyone says that watches film, he just spins it different. <laughs> so, like, the NFL is going to love that. Somebody's going to take a shot, and he's going to be a first-round pick next year at quarterback. So, in the back half of the first round of a super flex league, I'm going to go with Spencer Rattler. I think it's the right time for him. Which pay? Like, he has, I mean, he has the upside. I mean, we haven't seen it fully. No, but- I- I'm I'm with you at this point. It's the right pick. Um, I'm joking a lot in our show doc and just writing things like tanking for Chris, Chris or for Caleb Williams. I see. I just I, I mean I, I think he's got a lot of talent. I just don't. I I genuinely have concerns about how many turnover worthy plays he has per game. Um, I feel like when a guy has the pedigree he has, I sort of the I should. This is a weird the preconceived notions that we've had about him where we've kind of anointed him as one of the top quarterbacks, it's sort of hard to let go. And I'm much closer to letting go of him entirely than I think most people are willing to be. But I I think you're probably right in saying that he is, there's a decent chance he's drafted in the top 10 overall next year. And if he gets drafted in the top 10 next year, pick seven is a, is a steal for him. So yeah, that's my thought. Exactly. I'm not. Gonna I've been waste thinking about trying pick. to trade for him. By the way, I've been trying to trade for him in some leagues because oh, everyone's yeah. down on him. Yeah, I yeah. haven't gotten him yet. But. <laughs> I, I would be doing that right. In fact, I probably need to go do that right now. So, <laughs> just because I'm so. Do you want him? 
Say yeah. what? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk after the show. Let's make it happen. But uh, I think it's, let's see who's, who's up after me. Matt, you are up with pick eight. Well, everyone knows my pick. Um, if you listen to me at all, you know my pick. It's Chris Olave. Move on to pick nine. Chris Olave is, is I, people wrote him off real quickly. Everyone was quick to jump on the, oh, well, Chris Olave, true for, truthers must be sad because look, Garrett Wilson is taking over the offense. He's really regretting coming. He had one zero catch game. And by the way, that was just an atrocious quarterback play game. And then he came back and became a big part of the offense. And then last week he was the the key part of the the passing attack again. He is what he is. He's going to be a vertical. Uh, he's a field stretching player who is incredibly good at route running. I think he's going to just be a player that coaches love and coaches love getting the ball to guys they love. So I, I, his numbers to me have always been ones where I have been utilizing my nuanced look at the Ohio State wide receiver room. He is a test of my theory on it. And honestly, everything I see from him every single week is the fact that he is an NFL player and will be drafted in the first round. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, coming into this year, he had like a 50th percentile adjusted production index, like not like off the charts, you know, some kind of productive unicorn. But again, it's because he's surrounded by four and four and five star talent, uh, you know, that should be taking some decent uh, market share away from him and Garrett Wilson, who you already took. But yeah, Chris Olave, I mean, I, I don't know why he came back to school. I guess maybe he wanted to, I guess he looked at, you know, this trash 2022 class <laughs> as, as we thought it was for a while and said, Hey, I'll just bet on myself. And uh, it looks like it's paying off because he could still be a top three or four wide receiver in terms of capital uh, this, this coming spring. Stefan, any closing thoughts on uh, Chris Olave before you make your pick? Bye Chris Olave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's I the, the, the tagline there. You, you, yeah. For those, <laughs> <laughs> don't listen listen to the show yes there you go yes am i up you are up pick nine i'm going with i'm going with uh isaiah spiller uh running back texas a&m again i think this guy could we we could realistically see him be the number one running back taken in the draft um it's possible he he has the frame for it he has the bill to be an every down back um i know at times there have been concerns about his receiving uh pedigree but this year he's he's already got 13 receptions in um five games so he's he's shown that and, and he's got two two uh two games with over five catches so uh when he needs to they can rely on him in a passing game as well he's he's had uh he's got 550 yards in the season that includes uh the game against colorado where for some reason he only had 20 yards i watched that game that game was just a mess um that was more of a coaching problem than anything else after um haynes king got injured uh but i like isaiah spiller's game a lot i think he he has the frame to be um, really uh, dynamic at, in the next game. I mean, at the next level. I, I again, I don't think any of us think any of these running backs are going to, you know, set the league on fire and become, you know, first overall picks um, in redrafts or anything like that. But I, I could s- so totally see Isaiah Spiller being, uh, you know, in the right fit. I could see him being, um, you know, end of the first, beginning of the second, you know, in redraft uh, for for the next few years. I think he, I think he can pull that off. So uh, getting him this late just feels like steal. Yeah, I mean, anytime we're talking about getting the running back to uh, pick nine or so in a draft, I think that's that's a fantastic uh, value. So getting him that late, uh, I, I'd be all about that as well. So Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M, uh, kind of inefficient start to his career, but he's really improved every single year in that regard. Uh, and, and was the only thing that uh, 
they had going a couple of different weeks this year already. Uh, it was struggling with the, the backup quarterback situation there. But uh, any um, any negative things to say about Isaiah Spiller since you hit all the running backs, Matt? <laughs> I mean, I, I've actually – he would the guy – I think from a personal standpoint, he's a guy I think I prefer as my running back one, but I think Brees Hall is more likely to get drafted there. I think my only criticism I've ever had of Spiller in the past was that if you looked at his actual game breakdown – he uh he feasted on the like very it was noticeable differences between when he played good teams and bad teams and that should be the case you should struggle more against bad teams but it was like the reason why he was anywhere near six yards per carry which is my arbitrary threshold that i love to uh (laughs) quote all the time um the reason why he was anywhere near it was always because of games against like vanderbilt and tennessee and missouri like the garbage teams and then whenever he would play anyone that was anywhere near ranked, he was usually in the like three to four range per carry. And that was what I used to say. Now, with that being said, in a class like this, he's a very capable running back too in this class. And I think if he is even remotely athletic, he's it, this is a, vi- a very viable pick. Nice. That was that was way too positive, man. I gotta gotta. <laughs> I, I hate it. David Spiller and his stupid face. Better. David Spiller. That's not even a person. David Spiller. It's not a person. <laughs> it's because I've been trying to get you, you know, to take David Bell gonna, for your last gonna, three picks. I'm going to cut up that audio and put it on Twitter. Isaiah Spiller's dad Dude, follows me. Fred is going to find you, man. He's going to find you. <laughs> <laughs> he can join Kyle McCord's dad in my, my DMs. DMs. Perfect. Won't Perfect. Well, I'm going to make my 10th pick here uh, in the first round uh, just to uh, – Keep it moving along here. Another wide receiver, Traylon Burks, Arkansas, is my pick here. Uh, he just got shut down, though, this past weekend against Georgia because, well, uh, guys, uh, Georgia shut down everybody this year. They're allowing seriously less than four offensive points uh, per game this year. Their uh, defense has actually scored more points uh, than they've allowed on defense. So, <laughs> like, they, they just are, are something else. But Traylon Burks came into the year had the best returning adjusted production index among all wide receivers uh, that, that were true juniors this year. Uh, had about al- almost 40% of the offense that he accounted for last year, and he's doing it again this year. Uh, about 40% of the receiving yards and uh, two thir- about a third of the touchdowns. Uh, really a productive force, dominant force. The only thing really going that Arkansas has uh, consistently uh, through the air uh, or at all, really, on offense. K.J. Jefferson uh, is not really throwing for volume this year. He has he has maintained some level of efficiency, but that's only because of how good Traylon Burks is. He can be a big slot. He can be an outside wide receiver. He can take a, a short screen uh, to the house. It, really reminiscent of like uh, early career Demarius Thomas in that regard. Uh, I really like Traylon Burks, and, and getting him at, at, at this late uh, in the first round feels like a, a value. Yeah, I see it too. <laughs> yes. I, I, it does bother me that uh, I mean, like you'll you, you'll have a good dominator rating and all that, but the the raw numbers might not be there. Um, even that one big touchdown he had uh, two weeks ago was like on a trick, like gadget play type thing. So I get a little bit nervous about the production profile um, just from like a raw numbers, but uh, the talent is obvious. I, I think it's a again this late. I think it's a good pick. I think there are enough film guys who have fallen in love with him that his capital is is safe. Yeah, at this point, I, th- I think so too. I, I think he's gonna he's gonna get the capital. I was definitely worried because, the, yeah, well, basically, NFL has looked like they're moving a bit away from team big wide receiver. But 
I, I loved your pick of Drake London. I think he and Traylon Burks are going to go back towards that team big wide receiver this year and getting some capital. But Matt, over to you at pick 11. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, 6-2 count is big. David Bell. Um, because you were <laughs> you too go. much of a coward to take him the last four picks. Um, <laughs> yep. He's really good. He's basically the only reason why Purdue's offense doesn't suck. Um, oh, they are bad, though. <laughs> no, they're really not good. That It actually makes me sad because they have enough talent on this team to be like Ole Miss. Not that good, but like <laughs> good on offense and atrocious on defense and kind of fun to watch. Um, he, Yeah, David Bell's really good. He blew up as a – his best year was his freshman year um, when he was in for an injured Rondale. He, he was pretty good last year. I mean, again, he was pretty much the entire offense last year uh, with – about 30% of their receiving yards last year. And then this year, it's it's a little bit more distributed this year. But, yeah, he's still going to end up this year with, I would guess, somewhere in the like 25% market share by the end of the year at a minimum. But with the fact that he had such a – I think peak, peak dominator, peak market share matters quite a bit. I think if you are exclusively looking at final season, then you're kind of doing it wrong. When a guy has a peak one like he had, especially as a true freshman and – then followed it up with another really strong year. I I don't think there's really any reason to question David Bell. I, I hope he's athletic because I think that does matter to NFL uh, teams, even though I, it doesn't ha- seem to have a huge correlation, but I hope he's athletic enough that he can earn capital. Yeah, and he's on pace for a good overall volume too. He's like on pace for like, what, 80 receptions or so this year? Uh, and he's really cleaned it up in the, the efficiency department too. Like he... Uh, the whole offense just funneled everything underneath, but he's looking like he's uh, actually going to stretch the field a little bit more this year. So that that would be good to kind of round out his profile. Can he hit, can he hit our my other arbitrary elusive seventeen yards per reception? <laughs> that that is a question I, I I won't be asking, but I know you will be. I will. I will. It's super arbitrary, and I love it. All right, to round out the final pick in round one, Stefan, who do you go with? Yeah, I'm going a little bit uh, off the board here. I'm, I'm going to pick someone who I think has just tremendous upside um, and if healthy would not uh, be lasting this long. I'm, I'm going to go with George Pickens, um, wide receiver from Georgia. Uh, late in the second round here, um, I want to swing for the fences. Uh, when we saw him healthy last year, he was super dynamic, really great. Um, he might get a chance to play a little bit this year. I mean, George is obviously going to, I mean, obviously most likely we'll make it in the playoff. So we'll get to see him on the biggest stage. Why are you two laughing at me? I'm not laughing at you. Once again, I'm, I'm messing around in the show doc. Am I an idiot? Is, is, is George pick? Am I picking no, up way no, too no, early? No, he's just, he's just trying to be, be funny he's, in the show. Sheet. We'll get, we'll get to it on his, on his team. <laughs> okay. But yeah, well, he's putting a bad player on my team. Uh, but anyway, we'll get to it. But no, I actually like the pick though. That is not too early for George Pickens. Like I, I think he could still get capital too. Like he's yeah. I mean he's gonna declare. He, 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 no reason to go back to Georgia. So yeah, man. He, and like like what we saw with Waddle last year. Like he was able to get out in one game, show a little bit. He looked he was hobbling around, but he was able to show enough. Still got good capital. I think we could see the similar situation for Pickens where he's able to play a little bit in the end of the year and a kind of alleviate some of that stress that um gms might have about drafting an injured guy so um i think he'll go fairly early uh you know i think he'll be a day two guy but excited excited to have him on my squad for as much as everyone talked about uh keishan butte's freshman year and how much they loved him and all his production and blah 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 
George Pickens broke the model basically after yeah, his man. freshman year with his production. It uh, there's no for me. It's he is the highest upside play of anybody left on the board. I think he is at at pick twelve. If he's healthy, if he can earn some capital, hundred percent. He's that kid. I think he's a star. So one of the few. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely way high. And, and, you know, people want to nitpick and talk about how, how he kind of started slow last year. They just didn't really watch Georgia. His production right. like tripled uh, when, once J.T. Daniels took over. Uh, you know, Georgia was figuring out they, they started something called a Dewan Mathis and, and something else called a Stetson, <laughs> Stetson Bennett for a second. And, you know, they, they've been doing that again this year for some reason. But, uh, you know, anyway, oh, it was ugly. But uh, George <laughs> yeah. Pickens is um, is a stud six four vertical threat that, that can just dominate. So hope he gets some capital for sure. But uh, on the other side, uh, we'll get to round two. But just to recap, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, just to recap round one. Uh, first pick was Matt Corral, quarterback, Ole Miss. Then we had Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Pick three was Sam Howell, quarterback, North Carolina. Pick four, Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. Uh, pick five, begrudgingly, Brees Hall, Iowa State, running back, uh, to Matt Wispay there. And then pick six, Drake London, wide receiver, USC. Pick seven, uh, Spencer Rattler, quarterback, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, pick eight, uh, Chris Olave, wide receiver Ohio State, or the Ohio State, I should say. And then Traylon Burks, pick 10, wide receiver Arkansas. David Bell, wide receiver Purdue, pick 11. And George Pickens, wide receiver Georgia, pick 12 to round out round one in the 2022 rookie draft here. Mock draft, rather, 1.0. But on the other side, we'll get to round two. But first, a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, so we finished up the round one in the 2022 Rookie Mock Draft 1.0 here for the College to Kenton podcast. We'll do these a couple other times, even before the season ends, I'm sure, with with Stefan and Matt Wispay. Again, you can find them on Twitter at StefanLeco and at Wispy the Kid, I believe, unless they've changed things. Uh, but yeah, and, and myself at, at FF underscore Travis M if you have any questions on any of these players. But uh, to kick off round two, I'm just going to not hesitate and take a player that I would have taken in round one. That is Kyron Williams, running back, Notre Dame. Uh, So last year, he exploded onto the scene and dominated right away, took the starting running back job. A lot of people wanted it to be uh, Chris Tyree, but Kyron Williams was just like, no, man, I'm I'm amazing. I'm going to, you know, put like 1,400 yards uh, on the board right away and catch 35 passes and prove to be a feature workload type back there for Notre Dame. And this year, the uh, offense for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish has been a dumpster fire because, well, Jack Cohn is uh, just terrible. He was 99th in yards per play, uh, an absolute joke of a quarterback. Uh, and I'm not sure what people were seeing outside of a couple decent throws against Florida State with him. He was benched this, this last week, so thank goodness we're not going to have to see that much anymore, hopefully. Uh, for Notre Dame, uh, and their offensive line has struggled this year. So, Kyron Williams has had a couple back-to-back weeks where it's been a little bit down. But here's the thing. He's probably going to have a, a strong finish with whoever they start at quarterback because it's not going to be as bad as Jack Cohn. Uh, and, Cohn's um, listed as starter. Right I, I don't really care. Uh, yeah, if they, if they do that, he's just he's going to last another half, and then he's going to get benched again. It's just going to happen because he's terrible. But Kyron Williams is still a, a really decent running back. My only question uh, might be with his size. He has all the skills in terms of pass blocking and running and, and catching passes. He's got a decent peak uh, receiving yard market share season under his belt already. Analytically, we love Kyler, Kyron Williams, uh, but he's a little bit skinny. So if he, he gains about 5, 10 pounds of muscle, <laughs> that would be great before combine season. But I still think he's very much so in the mix for the running back three slot next spring. He can be like Kenneth and gain well. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I'm going back to sleep. Um, I'm <laughs> pick 14. Wandale Robinson. You guys might not like him because he doesn't get the ball enough. I like him because I know that he should get the ball more. He should be the offense for Kentucky because he's their best player and it's not particularly close. He should have been the offense for Nebraska because he's their best player and it's not particularly close. I there's honestly if. He's one of those players to me. He he's gonna have to. You're gonna have to have a uh, Jalen model type of opinion towards him, which is if you watch him, you see what he does on the field. I hope that he doesn't uh, fall in the draft like a guy, another guy I loved, Lynn Bowden did, who had a better profile. But I don't care. Uh, I feel like those two players are are very similar in the way that they run with the ball, and I want to see them end up on a team that's really good. And I actually think that. It, this is the type of player that a scout falls in love with. And yeah, I'm there. I bought in. Maybe I watched too much of the Kentucky Florida game this past weekend. I don't care. He's that dude's a freak when he has the ball in his hand. And I, I think that there's a real chance he ends up with uh, 
like round two capital. He is an all, you know, do it all kind of freak weapon, and he was the best playmaker on Nebraska, and he got out of town before. You know, they wasted him for another season. But uh, UK, I mean, they're having a lot of fun with him. Stefan, were you a Wandale fan? Yeah, I think he's fun. Uh, Seems early to me, Um, but mainly just because I'm nervous about the capital. But, I mean, if he gets that, he he should have the opportunity. Um, But, yeah, he's a a great athlete. He's super fun. Um, He seems small to me, Um, but maybe that doesn't matter for the type of uh, usage, like the way they'll use him. He's 5'11", 185, or that's what he's listed at. So he's like five foot four and like 140. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, we're watching Rondale Moore do great yeah, things yeah. right now too. So he needs he needs Rondale to succeed so that he can be like, it's me, 2.0. <laughs> I don't know yeah. that he can squat and he's, he's got to be bigger than Rondale. I mean, because Rondale was like five yeah. foot seven or eight. You know what I mean? So, But Rondale, he's doing great things. So if, if, if some team figures out how to make that work, and they, they can certainly make Rondale work, but... Yeah, that, that is a little bit, I think that's a little bit early for me as well. But that's okay. I'm curious to see who Stefan takes here at pick 15. You guys know where I'm going here. I, I love, I, yeah. I love. I, I teased it in the break. I love, I love getting a running back who probably will not be drafted before round six, uh, but just has all the things I'm looking for. I'm going Zach Charbonnet. The dude is ridiculous. The one thing that he's always had is just incredible athletic ability. He was a super high, highly recruited um, running back. Uh, he was number four in the country. I've talked about him quite a bit, so I won't go into it. Uh, he had a, his athletic, um, like his athletic profile is off the charts. Uh, he's in like the 90th percentile with his freak score, which is something we look at that kind of looks at speed and size combinations. He's six. 6'1", 220, runs a 4'4", yes, please. And now he's going to have the production profile to go along with it because uh, he's finally getting the ball because he's not stuck um, in this Harbaugh offense uh, that, I mean, they're being productive now, but last year he just wasn't seeing the work. Um, He's already got uh, 450 rushing yards. He's averaging 6.7 yards a carry. He's got seven touchdowns. Uh, He's got nine receptions on the year. He's really being used in a lot of uh, really good ways. And and he just explodes when you watch him on tape. So I I really like him. He's a decisive runner. I think he could be really, really good um, in the NFL as well. I I just hope he doesn't fall to day three um, like all my other true loves do. (laughs) Is this too early? Am I stupid? Am I I just in love with my preseason breakout call and then it happened? And so I'm just like, zoned in on him and think he should be the best no i mean i i mean west bay might think to think that's the case but i I think if you look at what he's doing this year uh what he's putting together his resume looks really solid he's looking like the player that we actually thought he could be uh two years ago uh he looked completely wasted at michigan and and did not look like a, a very explosive playmaker at all even in limited action a year ago but uh that that looks like completely opposite uh, this year. So I'm excited to see what happens down the stretch. And UCLA uh, is actually utilizing him well. But Wispay, anything to say on, on, on Charbonnet? I think UCLA is getting progressively worse as the season moves on. I think that the two games against uh, Hawaii and uh, LSU are going to be the two games that you look back fondly on with him. And they're great games, but they were he had a few breakaway plays in them and that's that's great you want to see that from a guy but i mean he had 19 yards and then against fresno state he did score twice um and then he had 
in his games where he got heavily utilized, his efficiency came way back down to earth. So five yards carrying 4.2 yards per carry. Below six. Super arbitrary. Below six. Um, but I, I, I mean, I've never been a fan. Um, I thought that there, I find it weird that he couldn't beat a Hassan Haskins. I, I don't know. I, I've struggled <laughs> to get over that hump with him, and I don't necessarily think that he has been overwhelmingly impressive after those first two games. So that's just me. I'm stuck on it, but I'm. This is probably take lock for me, and I need to probably reevaluate. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but I, you know, I. I... It's tough because when you see a player do one thing and it looks drastically different in a smaller sample, uh, it is hard to believe it. But I, I think he could build a, a, a strong final season down the stretch and be uh, one of those guys that gets day two draft capital or at least close to it. The NFL is not doing that as much here lately. But on to pick 2.04 and uh, that's pick 16 overall. I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. Uh, that may surprise some, but even after last year, he had like a 73rd percentile adjusted production index, uh, posting over 40% of Penn State's offense through the air uh, a year ago. Uh, really efficient down the field, but this year he's he's, sh- he's showing he can actually win in the intermediate as well, finding separation at all levels. Uh, and last year he was a contested catch artist. He hasn't had to do that as much this year, but he's, he's just really rounding out his game and dominating yet again with at least five catches in every single game this year for the Nittany Lions at pick four. Any, any comments on that before jump over to you, Matt? I'm mad at you at the moment. Good. Yeah, I like it. I like that pick. Good. What I love to hear. Then no comment. We'll, we'll just move on. No comment. <laughs> pick 17, Khalil Shakir, Super Volume ah, Hog. Frick. Yeah, you knew it was That's my next pick. pick. Yeah, I was taking Dotson, and he took him for me, so I'm taking your pick. Khalil Shakir, Boise State. <laughs> uh, He's not huge. He doesn't need to be, but he's been a volume hog for four years now. I wish he would have come out after last year, but whatever. He's also a wide receiver that gets uh, rush attempts, which is super fun and has shown some correlation to success in the NFL. I don't know that it will uh, with him, but I think there's a good chance that a team really likes him and gives him an opportunity. And to be honest, the reason why I'm willing to take a shot on a guy like Wandale previously is because we're into the point of the draft where you're basically just taking lotto tickets with a lot of these guys. And Khalil Shakir is a guy that I'm fairly confident will get on an NFL roster and stick. And when you have a guy like that, that's a decent lotto ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Can't argue with that at all. And, and I think uh, he had one of the best production profiles in all of group of five, uh, if not the best uh, returning to school. So uh, yeah, go, go get your guy, especially we're talking about like what wide receiver eight or nine or 10 at this point. So like, you know, end of round two, early, early day, you know, early round three type of selection. I think that's a pretty safe projection for, for Shakur or Shakira, Shakira. I, we're just going to call him Shakira. Shakira. His, his hips do not lie. No, Apparently. that's how he gets open. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, moving on to stay fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, speaking of going for upside. I'm going with Justin Ross. It's not been the most pretty um, adventure this season with Clemson's offense, uh, but he's been the one guy that continues to see volume. He's got 23 catches on the year, um, which for that offense is actually saying something. Um, I don't think they're using him well. He's only averaging 10 yards uh, a reception compared to double that his freshman year. But uh, anytime you watch a Clemson game, everyone is always talking about Justin Ross. The commentators love him. Everyone loves him, and I think that's how the NFL is going to view him, too. I think he's going to test well. He's got the measurables, obviously. 
the production for the senior year won't be here. I think that'll be excused because of injuries and some team is going to take um, a chance on him and give him the opportunity uh, that, you know, we need for fantasy. And I think he's going to be a pretty relevant receiver. Again, I think the upside is really high. I think the floor is not too low. Um, so, so I, I like him at this point in the draft. I think it's a, a pretty good value. Nice. Yeah. I think uh, at this point, uh, the upside uh, it was always high with Justin Ross, I, you know, his health concerns, even uh, coming into this year, uh, we're definitely there. They're they're still there. I think he even left uh, the game uh, briefly uh, this this past weekend. Uh, but I, I think the upside is, is crazy because uh, he was just dominant, even as a true freshman, accounting for almost thirty percent of the offense in his first season for Clemson, which is just bonkers. That offense still needs to get fixed. But yeah, that looks he looks like the safest option at this point to get some decent draft capital. Uh, and not over taking Frank Ladson. Yeah, it's not it's not Frank Ladson. You can uh, you you can stop ranking him highly if you're still doing so, guys. But uh, moving on to my pick here, I believe it's pick 19 overall, seventh pick in the second round here, and we're moving on to a range where I'm just gonna have to take a guy that I'm not necessarily incredibly high on, but believe that he will get capital uh, for a few different reasons. Uh, I'm gonna go with John Mechie, wide receiver, Alabama. Mainly so that uh, Matt Westbay can't take another Alabama wide receiver <laughs> before him, <laughs> but um, John Mechie did. You know, he, he his raw stats were okay last year, over 900 receiving yards. Uh, his percentage of the overall offense wasn't uh, fantastic, obviously. But uh, you know, it was d- so bad. His wide receiver teammate won the Heisman. <laughs> I'm not sure that that makes him uh, bad when, when the offense like you it know just means throws that no like one wants 50. To throw to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, they did throw to him. I think they did, you know, uh, about like 40, 50 something times last year uh, for 55 receptions and uh, over 900 yards. So they did throw it to to him. They just threw the ball a a crap ton. So I think at this point, he's still slated to get some decent draft capital. No, he's not going to be a first round pick just because he's an Alabama wide receiver. All the mock drafts even coming into this year were like, uh, I don't know any of these players. I'm just going to put Mechie in the first round. That's not going to happen. But he is going to probably sneak into day two and uh, go get overdrafted most likely because he played for Alabama. So that's just how it is. Even if I, even if I didn't believe in Mechie, uh, finding true success in the NFL. Like I would take him here at this point just to trade him to somebody who does. Uh, so I, I'm I'm believing in Mechie to get capital and uh, do just enough to uh, trade him away. How about that? I respect it. Because <laughs> you just did the same <laughs> thing, basically. Yeah, I mean, you just basically did the same thing, uh, begrudgingly take <laughs> taking Brees Hall in the first round. So, yes. yeah, there we go. Matt, over to you, pick 20. I, so I know you think I was going to take an Alabama wide receiver. I am not. I'm oh. going to take a Boston oh. College wide receiver on a terrible offense, but a guy that is basically the best receiving option that they have and is probably the best wide receiver in the ACC, um, Zay Flowers. Um, I really wish Jerkovich didn't get hurt because I genuinely believe his numbers were going to be kind of absurd this year without mm. or with him. Grissel is still targeting him a fair amount. Um, but I don't believe he's going to end this year with like a 40% market share, which I really felt like was in the realm of possibility with Jerkovic because they seem to have that kind of rapport. But either way, he was one of the more productive receivers uh, that returned in college football this past year. And if he comes out after this year, I, I think there's a strong likelihood for success. He's the type of profile that does hit 
um, as long as he gets some type of capital that isn't on day three. So nice. Yay. I like it. I mean, I, I think we all like Zay Flowers. Stefan, you like Zay? Yeah. Uh, the only problem is I, I still get um, like kind of a vomiting reflex when I hear the name Zay because I think it's Zay Jones and I'm so oh. triggered. Wow. <laughs> yeah. well, no, Zay Flowers. There will be no Zay Jones slander here. Zay Jones is a saint. I mean, oh other gosh. than the thing that happened after his rookie year where he like jumped through a glass window. But Zay Jones is a saint. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> Stay fine. Uh, are you I'm are you going, stalling because you don't know who I'm, you're selecting at this at this slot now? No, I'm going. I'm going. Kenneth Walker the third, running back, Michigan State. He's putting on a show, man. Averaging six. He's got 680 yards on 100 carries. You can do the math on that. Eight touchdowns. He's a freaking highlight reel. Um, he's even contributed a little bit in that passing game. Uh, three receptions a game. I mean, th- he's got three receptions on the season. Excuse me, but one touchdown. Uh, so he hasn't been. Um, killing it there but it is a career it's tied for a career high um and he's only played five games i know i I think that there's a legit shot that he's uh one of the top four running backs drafted uh, just because of what he's doing this year and um production doesn't lie and you know at 5 10 2 2 10 um he's got the frame Uh, i think he could he could carry it i don't see him as a true three down back in the nfl but there's so few of them now that like those are unicorns uh, halfway through the second round, this feels like a good pick for him. A good time to pick him, rather. Yeah, you know, I, um, Matt, you had actually mentioned Kenneth Walker as, as being a guy in the mix that that might get some decent draft capital. Are you, are you right there with him, too? Yeah. I mean, he's been one of the most productive running backs in all of college football this year. That doesn't necessarily correlate to, like, getting drafted high in the NFL, but I think doing it on a big stage, doing it in a meaningful conference, I think there's an opportunity for him to get – enough of a stage where he's not going to be a oh who's this dude that we've never seen before i think he's going to get because he's a scene i think he's fourth year correct so he'll get a senior bowl invite and i'm i'm willing to bet that he'll be one of those guys that jim nagy is talking up for the entire week is like oh the top performer and that somehow uh, genuinely does earn you like an extra round of capital. Yeah, that might that might actually happen because I mean seriously, there's always one or two guys that gets boosted in that kind of season, and he would be that type that that just puts his shoulder pads down and throws people around because he's incredibly strong. Like he's displayed that before. Like even at Wake Forest, he was he was that guy who would just throw people around. Uh, and and even though they didn't block any any free yards for him at all there, he would find success. So uh, the, the way that he's just absolutely killing it this, this year, I, I do really like that pick, Stefan, so much so that I wish you had made it because uh, I was going to make that selection here. But uh, so I, I've got to kind of shuffle around there at this point. Really, the, the, the smart play that probably is, is going to play out is it's going to be a wide receiver in this slot, most likely because of how deep that position is in any given class. And there's probably... Uh, a half dozen guys that I could argue with myself over here, but I'm actually just going to kind of make a, a statement pick here. Uh, probably that uh, you guys will disagree with, but Rashad white uh, running back of Arizona state uh, was one of the most efficient players in all of the sport last year in a smaller sample size. I have, have averaging like 10 yards a touch uh, just a year ago. And uh, he's, he's added again, being incredibly efficient uh, I know a lot of people like Chip Trainum. Uh, you and I, uh, yeah, well, all three of us here rather, uh, rank him pretty highly in our Devi football rankings for fantasy football. But Rashad White has actually been more efficient 
and more productive. And uh, he's doing it at, at, at a decent size. He's like 6'2", 210-ish. And he's got great receiving chops. And uh, he can even return some. Hasn't done that a bunch at, at the D1 level. But he's an all-around weapon that I think if, if a team actually trusts in him, they're going to really like the fact that they invested in the capital. He's not going to have the crazy volume of a profile. But, uh, you know, when you look at him, people are going to think, oh, you know, he could be this year's Antonio Gibson. He was just highly efficient, uh, really athletic, really good wide receiver who also plays running back. (laughs) So Rashad White, Arizona State. I mean, that's fine. He looked good. (laughs) I mean, he looks good. When you watch him, he looks good. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's not the one that I thought they should be giving the ball to. But he's the one producing. So, yeah, I'm I'm coming around on him. I'm I'm only poo-pooing your pick because... I think there are some more like intriguing lotto ticket plays here. One of which I'm going to name because I think there are two quarterbacks left on the board that are very similar. Um, I think one of them is better. Um, and that's the one I'm going to take. Cause why would you take the worst one? Um, <laughs> I'm taking Jaden Daniels. I don't care that he's 160 pounds soaking wet. I don't care. <laughs> he is a very capable runner. He is averaging 9.1 or 9.4 adjusted yards per attempt. He's been productive. It, he was productive last year in like a really small window. He's a true freshman starter. All of those things are things I love to see. And I think he has legitimate upside. I think he is the type of he now the issue with him is you're probably taking him and he's going to be drafted to a team and he's not going to start his freshman year. I mean, his rookie year. I kind of don't care in a super flex league at this point. I think if you're getting a guy who has really high upside if he does get the starting job, you take that. And running quarterbacks have that. So while Jalen Hurts didn't get drafted early, once he got the job, all of a sudden, what was he? He was a top 10 quarterback. That is what we're looking at with Jaden Daniels. When he get, If and when he gets the opportunity to start on an NFL team, because of his legs alone, he will be a top 10 quarterback, and he is not a bad passer. So give me that. Yeah, he's one of only a few quarterbacks in the entire country who have, coming into this year, had both a 90th percentile passing efficiency mark and at least like 10 or 15% of his team's rushing yards as well. Like an an incredible dual threat guy, uh, just needs to not be a toothpick uh, and add some weight. But (laughs) I I love the upside. So if he finishes strong this year on an Arizona State team who is – uh, near the top of the entire league in terms of yards per play differential because of Jaden Daniels, uh, I, I like him quite a bit. Round I think out. it's interesting bring, that bring us yeah, I think here. it's interesting that while you were talking about him, my kids were texting me gifts of goats. So I can only assume <laughs> that that means he's going to be the goat. Yeah, um, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the soon-to-be um, national champion quarterback Desmond Ritter. <laughs> Oh, well, so, that was the so that was the other quarterback. Oh, yeah, man. Cincinnati, baby. Um, they're going to do it. Uh, they're going to yes. make the playoff. They're going to shock the world. They're going to, they're going to, I mean, and, and he is the story that everyone loves. Like he is, he's doing really well. He's got the numbers to back it up. Uh, he's got that swagger that I, that I love so much. So uh, I actually don't care about swagger, but I like Desmond Ritter. Um, and again, super flex. I, I think it's kind of fun. Um, to, to get a guy that could get uh, day one yeah. um, draft capital. So yeah, every, I'm single year, right here. every single year, there's like five or six quarterbacks that get uh, round one or round two capital. And so we probably just got all the guys that are going to be in that range. Maybe a couple others sneak nah, into that range because we have, to you say know, him. we have to mention his name. 
So we, we can mention his name. We can mention his talk about because we don't think he's very good. That's fine. We'll get to him in just a second. Don't don't say it just yet. This, okay. this Desmond Ritter's moment. He 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 deserves yeah. this twenty fourth <laughs> slot. <laughs> Seriously though, Desmond Ritter in Cincinnati is going to be a lot of fun if they do make the playoff after beating Notre Dame this past weekend. They're in line to run the table and at least be in that conversation. And I think they deserve a, a spot if they if they run the table this year now. But I uh, love that you took that, Stefan, because Ritter Dude, is a, a really I loved fun all my picks. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I hated love them my pick. <laughs> all right, so uh, before we sign off, Matt Westbay, say the name that uh, some people think is good, but he's not. It's Carson Strong, quarterback of Nevada. Um, he has a big, strong arm. He does. He's also, uh, he, he is not mobile. He is a legit statue. I'm pretty sure he is incapable of running forward. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's I, basically I a three-step drop, Matt, not a three-step forward. <laughs> yeah, so he might be good. There, There's probably an NFL team that's going to look at him and say, I can turn this guy into a, like a super-duper star. I can make him Drew Locke. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we have... Uh, I mean, I, I'm not even going to say we. Travis has done a lot of work to find out that mobility matters. Mobility matters. Um, and Carson Strong having not the base level of... It's not that mobility is a is necessary. You don't have to be a running quarterback, but you have to be mobile enough to meet like a base level amount to truly become fantasy relevant. Carson Strong is below that. Kadan Slovis is below that. Um, JT Daniels. why these... Huh? JT Daniels is below that. JT Daniels is below that. There's a reason why these are lower upside quarterbacks that are unlikely to become meaningful picks. And yes, they may they may get capital, but they're the types of quarterbacks that you really shouldn't be targeting. Um, they're the ones that you pass up on because there's a wide receiver that actually has wide receiver high upside wide receiver two um, type picks instead of taking a quarterback that you're really just hoping is Maybe I'll get a QB 24 season out of him. Uh, yeah. It's it's just not worth it. So yeah. that's that's kind of why. I mean, I still I have a soft spot in my heart for JT Daniels because he played his freshman year of college at age 17. And I just there's something about a reclassified quarterback that really has a place in my heart. But with that being said, it, you should look for quarterbacks that at least yep. are getting some type of some and type of rushing production that. because even if they're you don't need Lamar Jackson, but it's really nice to have Andrew Luck that goes in there and gets you like six rushing touchdowns yeah absolutely well guys that's all the time we have on the show uh i could i could spend a lot longer talking about how how bad rushing quarterbacks are that that well that bad statue quarterbacks are rather but uh that's all the time we got on the show that is the, the first two rounds of the 2022 uh rookie drafts for next year so uh, we're gonna shoot 100 that's exactly how it's gonna go uh so enjoy that everyone uh and that's 100 hit rate uh, but again you can find matt at uh, at Wispy the Kid on Twitter, and you can find Stefan at Stefan Leco on Twitter, and uh, check out their college football show that they do for RotoViz. And Stefan's episodes will keep coming as well uh, on the later in the week shows on the College to Canton feed and RotoViz Radio as well. Uh, thanks for joining me again, guys. Uh, anything you, you you know, parting words you want to share with our listeners? Jerry Anili was my next pick. Just so you know. Okay. He was that's, on my board. That's fair. I wanted to, I was staring at him and I realized, nope, I'm going to have to move and him down. production's been crap this year, but yeah, I'm I, I have to still move him like down. him. And he's tiny. Yeah. But yeah. What about you, Wispay? Smith and Jigba. Huh? Yeah. Said bye, Jackson, Smith and Jigba. 
That's the that that takes a lot longer to say. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it is. But it's oh. also true. He's I, I genuinely do believe he's the most talented wide receiver on the entire team. Nice. Well, let's we'll see in 2023. We will we will get to see for sure. Anyway, everybody, thanks for tuning in again for another College to Kenton podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying the football season being back on both the college and NFL sides. Uh, check out my work on Rotoviz, uh, all of our work are on Rotoviz, and then my uh, stats piece at solidverbal.com. Uh, but we'll see you next time on another College to Kenton podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.